0: Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast. My name is Ray, and I'm joined by the one, the only Matthew Day Gillett. Hello! Hey
1: man, it's been a while.
0: You've been up to some things, I see. I've been getting around. Get around, <laughs> get around, I get around. I tell you what, the last three weeks it's been a bit like when you go to a friend's place who's been away on holiday and they sit you down and show you all the photos on their phone of their trip. <laughs> so um been the, last the last three phone weeks. Photos? Well, no, the last three weeks on the podcast. Yeah, photos on Instagram, and uh, the podcast has just been This is what we did. This is where we went. Um, So normal transmission resumes. I don't blame you if you didn't listen to the last three weeks of the podcast, because I tell you what, the cardos are great, but the audio recorded on them, not amazing. See,
1: I mostly switched off because I was just getting so green with envy. Um, Yeah. I got about halfway through the first episode, and then I was just like, I could have been down there, and then locked down.
0: Um yeah you, so. you guys north of <laughs> where's the where's the boundary now is it um uh, uh kind of area no Tikatini te- 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 te-
1: te- no uh, Otorohanga I think still a lot further south that it is um currently um recording this early November is it early November I'm losing even track of time now well, know, I'm really- going
0: to say it's mid November but this podcast won't be going out till the end of November so um you can see just blatantly how far out of touch we are the reason we're doing this though um, is because, because I've been tripping around so basically for the last two months has been such a manic time with um, the the Top of the South trip, the uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month, I just haven't been able to keep up with the news on the podcast. <laughs> it's just been something that's been bumped back and back and back. And so, brought to you by uh, a, a, a collaboration, but more so on throttle.co.nz, a little bit of motonz.com in there as well, this episode is entirely news-based. That's all we're doing for this show. We're going to be talking Husqvarna and KTM recalls, Cold Kiwi and Burt Monroe cancellations, the best commuter bikes you can buy, my opinion, of course, by the way. Uh, we're going to touch on that ABS law that's now in force. Husqvarna Norton 901, how exciting is that? Um... But we're going to kick things off with a story about Courtney Duncan. Yes, Courtney Duncan, top of her game, top of the world, third year in a row, I believe. Uh, she's won. She's she's world number one in, in women's motocross again. Yeah, it's
1: pretty bloody awesome, to be fair. Um, and honestly, I don't think she gets the credit she deserves in the mainstream media. She'll get maybe one blip on, like, the 6 o'clock news, sort of, oh, yeah, and this girl from Dunedin, she's won um, a motocross championship over in Italy. Um, that's pretty cool. Next, um, which is really unfair for the amount of work like she's been at this for years and it's only since she made the move to Kawasaki that she's really started to um up her game and three titles in a row ever since the move to Team Green. Like that's pretty awesome.
0: It's kinda of disappointing that um that the world the New Zealand media don't give motorcycling a bit more credit. Um, she's even. world number one, and just because there's no oval ball involved or dudes in white pyjamas bowling down a grass yeah, green. Because there's no
1: ball involved, they don't give a toss. Um, it's goes the same with regular motorsport as well. Unless some Kiwi wins the Bathurst 1000 or gets onto the WRC world stage, nobody gives a... Yeah, it's a real shame. Question
0: on that. Is is it because of the personalities involved in New Zealand media that they're not necessarily into motorcycling or like it's easier to cover something if you're involved in it or interested in it, right? Is, is that it or is it because it's not rugby? I guess that's kind of the same thing.
1: I think it might be a bit of both to be fair. I think it's partly um, motorcycling, motorsport is a more niche thing, though motorsport in general is definitely not a niche um, pastime for people to get behind. Um, But yeah, the other one is, it is sort of, it's a what you know, who you know, kind of thing in a lot of cases. And it is fairly easy for motocross, which is just one segment of a wider bike sports segment, which is part of a wider motorsport segment, to sort of just get squeezed out the edges. And if I'm programming the news, to be fair, I want to put stuff that's going to get more eyeballs on it, not something that sort of caters to a niche audience, which is a bit of a shame. But Hey, that's sort of that's my. I went to not quite media school. Like I did a bachelor of communications a decade ago or more. Wow, that's a long time ago. Um, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. leaning <laughs> suddenly, on that. Suddenly you feel really yeah. old. Yeah. yeah hey, anyway, so
0: Courtney Duncan, congratulations. Round of applause. Uh, but the story that you've got on ontuttle.co.nz goes on to say that. She can't come home now.
1: Yes, so the story that's on on right now um, came courtesy of the Motorcycling New Zealand Women's Commission. They put out a press statement shortly after she won her third world title and it says this, Courtney Duncan has successfully defended her world title for the third time this weekend, winning the 2021 FIM Women's Motocross World Championship, yet the possibility of being stuck in Europe is looming due to New Zealand's inefficient MIQ system. Um, And the story goes on to say that before Courtney even left to go um, race this season, she was trying to book a spot in MIQ and, yeah, she couldn't do it. Yet um, they point out that if you happen to be a team or be a, a rower or someone that has, um, makes money throwing a ball around, um, it seems you can come and go as you please, which is, um, yeah, it's time the MIQ system was fixed, is the way the uh, statement ends there from the Motorcycle New Zealand Women's Commission. Now that
0: story went out uh, a wee while ago, a few weeks ago. Um, have we heard any more updates on that? Do we know where Courtney is? Do we know whether she's able to come home? Because I, as I understand it, her uh, her visa for being in Europe was running out, and and I'm actually quite interested to know that what happens. Like if if your visa runs out, you can't stay there do you just kind of show up at the border in New Zealand and go, Hey guys, sorry, didn't have a place in my queue, but, uh, you know, it's like coming back to your parents' place, uh, after you shifted out of home, six months later, you run out of money. Um, I got nowhere else to go. They can't exactly say no, can they?
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, from what I can tell, just jumping on her page, um, she's still over in Europe. Um, and, uh, from the comments, it seems like she is still stuck there, which is a real shame. Cause I'm sure she'd love to be home for, uh, krimbo for, for christmas um but yeah, maybe she's just taken a taking a wee bit of a break too uh, a well deserved one, but yeah, I imagine like a lot of people um as someone who's stuck in lockdown currently myself, I'd love to see my family, and I'm sure Courtney would feel the same.
0: I saw my family the other day. Don't worry about it; they're not. They're, it's not all it's cracked up to be.
1: <laughs> I just want someone to dump the kids with so I can go and have dinner with my wife.
0: All right. Well, once again, congratulations, Courtney Duncan. You've done us proud, and you're an absolute winner. Um, can't wait to see you back on um, on home soil, and hopefully, we can catch up and hear all the news from the horse's mouth, so to speak. Hey, a new bike. A new story, a new bike that we've been following since it was first announced uh, and we we broke it on this uh, podcast, Matt, the Husqvarna Norden 901. And finally, we might see it in New Zealand.
1: Yes. Well, it's uh, scheduled to be here in March next year. Um, unfortunately, it's being launched right now as we record this podcast over in, oh, I want to say Portugal. Yeah. Um, which seems like a very lovely place to be um, riding a motorcycle, to be fair. Um, and, yes, it's – um, well, it comes from the KTM Umbrella period – pe- I don't know how you say there. Um, Well, comes from the KTM Umbrella family, so it is quite a few 890 adventure parts in there, um, but it definitely looks nothing like an 890, and thank God for that. Um, I think it's a beautiful – No, it looks part. a lot more –
0: uh, at, at the risk of showing my blue blood once again, it seems this podcast isn't complete until I mention Yamaha. Um, it, it looks a lot more along the lines of the T7 than the 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 KTM equivalent. You know, the KTM's kind of got that that head like that wasp head, and it's very separated from the body fairings. Where this um, this whole kind of headstock kind of um, tower and headlight is is more integrated into the body. See,
1: I want you now to jump on Google and look up a Honda Transalp 700. And um, for me, that's where it, there's a lot of visual similarities. Like, yes, it's vastly different motorcycles, but um, I think it's like a great looking bike. It definitely looks a lot better than the Honda. Um, but yes, so it was announced that um, Hon- Husqvarna, Norton 901 will be available in New Zealand dealers from March 2022 with pricing yet to be announced. That pricing will be coming in the uh, next couple of months, closer to the date of release. Um, But if you want to get in early, there is a pre-order process in place. So you just hit up your local Husky dealer and they can hook you up with a deposit and you can put your claim down for one of the first bikes to come into the country. Um, It does feel like we've been waiting for quite a while, but it was only 2019 at the EICMA show that um, Husqvarna first um, put this bike out into the wild and said, yeah, look, we've got an adventure bike too. We're not just pinching all of KTM's dirt bikes and putting a suspension linkage in there and uh, slapping some white paint and off you go. Um, Definitely looks quite good. 19 litre fuel tank, 889cc parallel to an engine, 105 horsepower backed by 100 newton metres of torque, all the good WP Apex suspension. And importantly, like it's a lot more sort of in terms of the KTM Husqvarna wider family of bikes, it definitely looks more of a touring bike, but it's got a dirt-ready 21-inch front wheel and 18-inch rear wheel, so you can put some good rubber on there.
0: Same tyres from the factory as the T7 as well, which I was kind of surprised to see Um, because, of course, the, the KTMs didn't come with those tyres, the Pirelli STR Scorpion Rally Tires, yeah, um, which I actually quite like on the road. Uh, not a fan of that front on the gravel,
1: yeah. Um, interestingly, weight is 204 kilograms dry, so add 19 kilos of fuel, a uh, couple of liters of oil, you're pushing or oh, 220 odd kilos, give or take. Um, once you've got a full tank of gas, um, and but it comes with an adjustable seat height from factory, which um, that seems to be a new trend in the adventure bike segment. Uh, So the seat can be adjusted between 854 mil or 874 mil, um, depending on how long your inseam is. And then, of course, you can get accessory seats to make it lower or higher, if you please. Um,
0: Now, the KTM that shares a lot of its um, guts with, uh, that's got a decent-sized fuel tank, but the fuel goes all the way down. Has this got that really low-centre-of-gravity, low-mass fuel tank system?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Um, if you look at the design, you've got the, down that, those um, down the base of the motorcycle, really. You've got a beefy bit of plastics um, sitting down there. So I believe it still uses a similar system. It may not be the exact same fuel tank as the 890, um, but that'll be where, like, if it's You got a good idea like that. Keeping your weight low makes the bike more manageable. You're not going to bin it and keep the weight up high for a different model.
0: Yeah, because I've I've ridden the um, the 790 Adventure R, which has got that low down fuel tank, and I found that as stable as a rock, especially um, on tarmac in you know first gear down in uh, you know five to ten k's an hour, kind of riding that clutch and playing with the the you know the friction point. It was stable. It, it wasn't going anywhere where I don't think the
1: T7's quite that stable. Yeah, I think it's, um, it must, like, I haven't ridden either of these bikes. I've missed out being in Cambridge and I can't get up the way up to um, Auckland where um, KTM and Husqvarna, New Zealand, are based um, to get a press bike. But I imagine in my head having all your fuel weight carried down low, it'd be a bit like riding a BMW Boxer, um, nice and stable, like you said. Um Interestingly, one of the things that they changed on the Husqvarna between uh, concept and reality was, um, I don't know if you remember, Ray, when we first saw it, it had a split TFT screen or it had two TFTs stacked on each other. They've gone down to a five inch TFT screen with um, a bar on top of it where you can mount your phone or your GPS or whatever. Um, which is kind of a shame. I thought that was a really neat sort of idea, having two TFTs. But then I suppose on the flip side, you don't want too much tech because if one thing breaks, you got a big headache. Um, so maybe that was their thinking behind that it still looks great it's a nice looking cockpit to be fair
0: looking at the uh, the photo of the bars you've got here yes um, that was something I was just looking at thinking D- didn't it have two screens but uh, the having your phone mounted there I think's a, a better idea and a lot of these bikes these days are coming along with uh, cushions in the mounting systems for the instrument tower so you know remember that story a few months ago where Apple said don't bar mount your iPhone um, you- yes I don't know exactly that story. You can get away <laughs> with um, experience. you can get away with mounting your your later model iPhones, especially uh, using you know your um vibration dampener from the likes of Quad Lock. Um, there's less vibrations up on the instrument tower than there are on the bars themselves. Um, so a lot a, a lot of people are saying that. Another thing I've just noticed uh, looks like it's got a ride by wire throttle, so it's got all those electric um. Um, uh, rider modes and throttle mapping and stuff like that. Uh, But it's got a cable clutch, which
1: is interesting. Yes, so I believe the 890 and the 790 before it had cable clutches as well. Um, But considering Husqvarna, KTM, GasGas, all just recalled certain models, including their, uh, what, the 690s and 701 Enduros, is the big road-going trailers for hydraulic clutch issues that might have been a good move on their part um, because the last thing you want while you're out traveling the world or out exploring the backyard beyond is to have a um, clutch slave cylinder fail on you and have no clutch. So
0: before I bought the Tenere 700, I was this close, and for people listening on the podcast, I'm talking probably 10 centimeters, away from buying a KTM 790 Adventure R, which is their top spec, well, not their top top spec, but pretty high spec, seven ninety adventure model, um, and I was so on the fence because I couldn't get a Tenere seven hundred, so I was kind of settling for the the KTM, which is some would argue,
1: <laughs> which most people wouldn't really. Some do. <laughs> would argue more capable
0: than the Tenere seven hundred, and my hands probably no 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 more capable to be fair. Uh, but then of course you know you've heard the story the Tenere, uh, the yeah the Tenere seven hundred came along, and I ended up buying that. As vain as it sounds, a lot of that decision was based on looks and and how the T seven looked compared to the seven ninety. <laughs> but I tell you what, if I was to sell this the T seven and buy another bike, this Norton nine hundred seven from Husqvarna is a very high contender. I'm loving that uh, single round headlight with the LEDs. It's got the uh, daylight running lights in there as well. Or are they indicators? They might be indicators. Um, and yeah, you're right. I, I see what you're saying when you mention the Transalp 700. It's got that round headlight from that. Although I, d- I don't feel it's got quite as uh, as much as as far as swoopy lines as the Transalp. It's a bit squarer. No, it's,
1: it's definitely still got that KTM um that austrian dna of sort of flat sides and angles um, but it's a handsome handsome oh, motorcycle it's
0: outstanding it's um, it's it's, yeah. it's definitely been brought back from the brink like from that concept we saw which looked freaking cool it's been brought back just a little bit from that it's not quite as cool as that concept we saw two years ago from Icema, but it's a freaking cool looking bike. Yes, well,
1: notably, one of the biggest things they changed was um, I don't know if you remember this, but on the fuel tank of the Eichmann, um concept bike, they had a luggage rack that looked perfectly positioned to rip your nuts off if you went over the bars. Um, and they ditched <laughs> that, thankfully. Um, but they've got all your um, Husqvarna branded luggage you can strap on there as well. Um, I am, like I'm sounding like a bit of a sycophant here, but I think it's an absolutely fantastic looking bike. Um, it's got all the things you could want, um, cornering ABS, off-road modes, um, a quick shifter is available, um, some surf- uh bleh, six-speed gearbox backed by a power assist slipper clutch, so that clutch lever with that cable clutch, you're not going to feel get fatigued with it because it's a slipper clutch, it's going to feel brilliant. Can't wait till these bikes get here. Um, hopefully, I'll actually get a chance to ride one of these. And that 19 litre fuel tank
0: is an absolute win. That is going to give you massive range.
1: Yes, I'd have heard a rumour roughly what pricing could look like. I have not had it confirmed by um, KTM Husqvarna New Zealand's national manager Patrick Stafford or the marketing um, whiz over in Australia Rosie Lalonde. But I have heard high twenty six thousand dollar mark for it which um, puts it right up against yeah, tell the, like, you what, the Tiger 900. Mm,
0: 20, 26. Anything north of, of 20 is – I mean, I'm not saying it's not worth it, but, oh, that's talking real money now.
1: Well, yeah, you're in your premium – it's a premium segment there. It's not for every man like you and I, Ray. Um, those are, it's for blokes that have sort of been – they've been through their family growing career. They've um, – yeah. Or they've just got money to burn. Um but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I say this, I've just wasted two and a half grand on a dog. So <laughs> different stages for different oh. folks.
0: Okay, anyway, uh, talk about the dog later. So that is the Husqvarna Norton 901. You want to see photos, you want to get all the specs, you can jump on onthrottle.co.nz. Uh, let's move on to our next story, and this is something that you actually wrote a very in-depth piece about uh, a year ago, Matt. The ABS laws, they are now in
1: force. What does this mean? Yeah, basically this means that all, model, all new motorcycles hitting the road from now on, need to have ABS. Um, So the cutoff date was, well, from 1st of November 2021, all current model new motorcycles and imported used motorcycles over 125 cc's must have ABS fitted to them to join the national road fleet, while all current model new motorcycles and imported used motorcycles include blah, 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 blah. Um, sorry, that's all right. I'm
0: just going to go and get a KTM um enduro bike and and uh register it as a uh a competition bike and I'll get on the road that yeah, way, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, nah. Um, basically, that exemption is there for the exclusive use of big proper competitions like uh FIM rallies and such. Um, good like getting an FIM um sanctioned rally to be held in New Zealand. So the idea has crossed my mind, but I think it would take a lot of ingenuity to get that to happen. So
0: there's like 100 bikes a year that they're road registering as, what's the word, Um, expats or uh, migrants' bikes? Is that the story?
1: Um, So my understanding of it is that an expat bike you will have had to have owned overseas for a year before you're allowed to bring it in, same as any other um, vehicle. And they aren't, um, those bikes aren't counted in the exemption for 100 bikes without ABS which has been made. Um, So there's an exemption for 100 bikes up to 100 post 1990 motorcycles um, where ABS was not available for that model. So if ABS was an option, you're not going to be able to bring a bike that doesn't have ABS in. Um, But up to 100 post 1990 motorcycles can be brought in without ABS. Pre 1990, um, there's less of a um, like there's list of an issue. Motorcycles first registered anywhere in the world before January first, nineteen ninety, are exempt. Um, and what else is exempt? Quad bikes, motorcycles currently or previously registered in New Zealand are exempt from the new rule. Um, and off-road motorcycles used for competition only. So that's your dirt bikes that are um, staying off-road, um, but enduro bikes, um, like you know, a lot of guys like to do, particularly down in the South Island, like your EXC 500, um, slap the road legal kit on it, which they actually are sold with. Um, and um, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Um, so I talked to last year, David Crawford, who's the Motor Industry Association CEO, um, and he did say that the industry did lobby for a more relaxed approach to ABS, but um, they weren't successful there. Um, so yeah, basically, if you want more details, you can um, head along to Um I've got links to the relevant parts of the legislation there for you in the text, um, as well as a pretty thorough round- rundown. But you've so, done a good
0: job, because, I mean, I was taking the piss when I said that about the KTM, uh, and that's what a lot of people on um, social media were saying, and that's what prompted you to go down this rabbit hole, read all the legislation, and man, I don't know how many times you must have fallen asleep reading it before you wrote that story, but you've done a fantastic job of dissecting and taking out the the takeaways, the big points, the things that people actually need to know. So do yourself a favour, jump on onthrottle.co.nz and read that story. Uh, well done to you, Matt. No,
1: thanks, man it's- every now and then I actually write something worth reading uh,
0: speaking of writing something I wrote something um, I wrote uh, a headline that's it's a little bit clickbaity clickbaity uh, bikes are the best commuter bikes end of story and basically the story I'm not going to read it word for word but if you do want to read it word for word and get the whole gist of it go to motonz.com click on news and read this story over the last 18 months I've been privileged Uh, to ride a stack of different bikes from a G310GS and a G310R right through to the Harley Davidson uh, Pan America with its 1250cc uh, powerhouse of an engine this has taught me one thing it's taught me a lot of things but the one kind of takeaway that I've got here is that right slap bang in the middle of the, uh, the massive range of cc's that you can get you know displacement I'm not talking about cc's they taste like these uh that's where you want to be for a commuter bike. I reckon the top end of the lamb's category make the best commuter bikes end of story and here's why. Your G310GS and your you know your small 300cc's they yeah, they don't quite have the, the power. <laughs> yeah, they don't quite have the power to to cut through traffic to make the overtaking maneuvers to lane split confidently you can do it there's you know people people do it i've seen you passing trucks on on state highway one man <laughs> on your 250 cc it's doable but it's not easy go to the other end of the spectrum your V Strom 1050 which i've just ridden the harley davidson pan america with the 1250 cc variable valve timing rah, rah, rah. mountains of power in those bikes mountains too much You're in traffic. You can't open the throttle all the way. So you've got, you know, G310 with no power, your litre plus bikes with too much power, and your litre plus bikes are using gas, something chronic.
1: Yes, you were telling me about this a bit earlier, weren't you? Um, That the price of fuel, even going between your LAMS MT-07 and your full power CP2, Tenoray, there was a jump in how much you were using fuel wise.
0: yeah so let me break this down um the MTO 7 25 bucks a week commuting 25 bucks a tank i should say and i was doing a tank a week i'm still doing the same amount of k's now and i'm doing 30 bucks a week On the in the Tenere Seven Hundred, so that's an increase of about five dollars. Yeah, I'm aware fuel prices have gone up, but I'm accounting for that. You know, we're talking rough figures here. Um, So slightly more expensive to run the Tenere Seven Hundred than the MT07 with the six fifty five cc engine. It's another 10 to $15 a week more to run the Harley Davidson with all that extra power, but you don't get to use the power. It's like having a, a, a jar of cookies on the top shelf in the kitchen. If you can't reach them, you can't eat them, right? Yeah,
1: and it would also be, in my mind, um, just as mentally taxing to not use the power and to be modulating your throttle as it would be um, comparing it to, say, a 250 where you are literally using everything you've got and you're wishing for more. Um,
0: it's so the, the MTO7. I'm showing my blue blood again, but it's not just an MTO7. You could get your 500cc uh, Honda, you're talking SV650, V Strom if you want a bit of, um, you know, a bit of fairing, V Strom 650. When I rode the V Strom 1050, um, it, it was. I, I rode it in rain mode or B and C rider modes, throttle map modes, because it wasn't as snatchy and it was easier to modulate that throttle. Um, the the Harley Davidson Pan America, that was in rain mode the whole time when I was commuting. It still had heaps of power to get around people, but it was wasted. So I was burning gas for no more benefit than riding a uh, an MT 07 or my Tenere 700. And then, as I was saying, your smaller displacement bikes just can't get through the traffic, and you kind of end up uh, sitting in the traffic. And that brings it, it opens up a whole new can of worms, whether you want to sit in traffic and get rear-ended or whatever. So, long story short, uh, buy an MT07 if you're going to be commuting.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I think there's a lot of good options there in that market. You've got everything from those 400cc. Kawasaki, so Chaotic Blonde has famously been a uh, 400cc commuter for Yonks. Um, didn't work out well for her when she tried to take on a van with her 400. Um, but um, Cracked yeah, pelvis, ouch! Yeah, um, wishing her the best recovery. Um, I think she's pulling her hair out um, at a similar rate to me at the moment, being in lockdown, um, particularly watching her husband play around on dirt bikes in their driveway every day. Um, but yeah, so you've got a really, really good range in that, um, lambs category now as well, where you can sort of ignore the sort of the two fifties, the one fifties, like really low capacity bikes. The quality is not really there in that market now either. They're, those bikes are generally made to a price and you don't really get a lot for your money, But that sort of that upper lambs category, that big chunk, as you say, that 400, 500, 650 CC category. Um, there is a lot there. Um, and to be fair, like you can buy one of those bikes and you'd be quite happy nowadays to just have that one bike. Yes, it's got the lambs badge on it, which um, is a bit of a, a mental hurdle some people need to get over. They're like, oh, it's just a lambs bike. Um, but lambs bikes have changed in the last five, six years. And you don't have a bike that has all the low down and then it hits a certain RPM, and then it's just got nothing. Um, They're well-tuned. They are fun. And like you say, they're incredibly good at commuting, which, um, yeah, it's just one thing you can use them for.
0: Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying don't go and get a G310R or g 310 G310GS. They're incredibly fun bikes. They're brilliant little bikes. You've ridden
1: one, Matt. Oh, yeah. I have a couple of great times on G310GSs. I did a... um, Oh, I did a whole GS rally in Northland on a G310 GS. Um, And apart from the small foot peaks, brilliant bike, great fun.
0: I then had that Uh, very same bike for the next uh, GS rally around Martinborough. Brilliant bikes, no problems. I did a bit of commuting on it. I even took it um, further off-road through the Akataruas. But what I'm saying is for the best balance of power, fuel economy, and, you know, being able to get there – your high-end Lamb bikes is where you want to be and i'm not saying also that a brand new rider should just go out and get any uh nsv 650 or mt07 or something like that i still think a brand new rider should start with your 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 lighter weight 250s 300s yeah definitely but, um, yeah, for more information on that and, and love to open up that uh, that debate, uh, jump on Facebook, search up and NZ or uh, Kiwi Writer Podcast. Love to have those debates with you and, and uh, you know, it's all in the in the name of fun. This is just my opinion. Let's move on, Matt. Let's move on to the next thing on the list, and that was a couple of cancellations. The Burt Row won't be happening for 2022, and, of course, the cold Kiwi, which was postponed to become the warm Kiwi, that ain't happening either.
1: Yes. So uh, as we record this in early-ish November, um, we were, well, currently we are one week away from when the cold kiwi was meant to happen and um, that got canned thanks COVID. um, But with half, well, a large proportion of the country's population locked down, so Waikato through to the top of the country, um, yeah, it's making things a bit hard for event organisers. Um, I don't
0: think anyone expected to see us still, you know, with Waikato, Auckland, Northland still in lockdown.
1: What are we, three months, four months? um, Well, for Auckland, um, 80 something days currently. um, I've lost count. Something, um, yeah, I try not to focus on how long I have been in lockdown personally. But um, yeah, it's getting there. I've seven weeks since I've ridden my motorcycle today. So um, it's been far too long. Uh, But anyway, the Bert Monroe wasn't meant to happen until February, but they've already made the call that it is just too risky to try and put such a large event on in the current climate where there's just so much uncertainty. So they essentially they just get look begutted, but it's come to this, and with a nationally significant event of this magnitude, it is the right thing to do, is what the committee chairman Craig Hyde said.
0: Yeah, and of course, uh, further to this, uh, the first two rounds of, um, was it NZSBK, uh, down in um, the South Island, they've been cancelled. We're on the cusp, as we record this podcast, of uh, uh, Suzuki International Series, um, potentially being cancelled they're like well we're going to let you know as soon as we know waiting for an announcement and and this is our fault for recording this so early but uh, we don't have that announcement now so do check out the Facebook pages for all those concerned uh, on uh, to find out the latest information or go to onthrottle.co.nz or motonz.com.
1: Bert Monroe is definitely going to come back um, once the government provides clarity to the events sector um, the Betman Rowe committee have said that they will begin preparations for the 2023 event, which they have laid down for the week end, well for the week of the 8th and to 12th of February 2023. The cold kiwi, well, hopefully that will be back um, next year. It's back at its traditional cold timing of the uh, first week of September, Father's Day weekend. Um, anyone who paid for tickets and that would have been refunded by now. Um, they weren't carrying over tickets um, because the Ruapehu Motorcycle Club felt it was best in the current climate to just give everyone their money back and start afresh next year. So
0: good on them. Definitely makes life easier, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: and so wishing these all these people trying to get uh, events going and running, um, we know from personal experience through KR, a lot of events that the um, Kiwi writer publisher um, Veg has been trying to get going have uh, unfortunately been either postponed or cancelled, uh, and that's just the way of the world at the moment. So we just got to suck it up and um, get through this. Yeah, the
0: other the other big ones the Motoguzzi, uh the Motugazi Tiki Tour, which is based out of Rotorua, which to be honest I've stopped mentioning because it just keeps getting pushed back and back and back. It was meant to be uh, August or September, and then it got pushed to uh, October, then it got pushed to November. It's now been pushed to February. Um, so that's, uh, it's freaking ages away. But they are, in New Zealand are committed to making this event happen. So that's why it has been bumped uh, to February. And hopefully, man, if, if if we aren't open by February, we really need to go, you know, go around and start knocking on doors of anti-vaxxers. Yeah, right?
1: just... Um Oh, yeah, don't, let's not go there.
0: <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Marugazi Tiki Tour, uh, February 11th to 13th, 2022. Uh, there's an events page at motonz.com, and we'll keep you up to date there with all the information, or just jump on Facebook and search up Motogazi NZ Tiki Tour.
1: Should we talk about something a bit brighter, Ray? Um, I know we had a couple yes. of calls, but I'm good. Although the next thing on the list
0: is not very much brighter. It's a Husqvarna and KTM recall.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can kind of skip through that. Well, let's, well we've kind of mentioned that already. So KTM, Husqvarna, GasGas, Gas, they have announced an LC4 model recall. Um, well, KTM and Husqvarna, sorry, have announced an LC4 model recall. So that is all bikes powered by the... Um, LC4 engine, the 690, the 701, all of their variants, um, produced between 2018 and 2020, they have been recalled because their clutch slave cylinder could fail. Um, and a lot of bikes, um, if you go on the internet, a lot of bikes have already suffered through this, Some their owners have fixed it and whatnot, but basically, no matter what, KTM and Husqvarna want those bikes back in dealers so they can make sure that this isn't going to be a problem. Um, so, yeah, if you own a LC4-powered KTM or Husqvarna, you should have, if not already, gotten a letter in the mail um, asking you to take your bike to your nearest authorised dealer, and they will sort it for you free of charge. Now, can we go to something nicer? Uh, like? Say, sure. Would you like to talk about a new bike? I would love to talk about a new bike. I've got a really, really nice-looking slick one right in front of me on my screen right now, Ray. Um it's from a little company called Norton Motorcycles. You may have heard that.
0: Oh, Norton! No, I haven't heard of Norton. Uh, are they? Where are they? Like Palmerston North?
1: Uh, they are based out of um, the UK, but they are owned by Indian giant TVS Motors, who recently bought them. After, well, they've had a hell of a time. Let's put it. Um, they had a bit of a dodgy CEO. There was some dodgy things going on. Uh, bikes weren't getting built properly, and this bike, which um, they are getting preparing, they are preparing to relaunch. The V4SV, um, well, the last bikes that came off the production line were very substandard. They recalled them all and they basically scrapped them because they were worth saving. So Norton has taken the covers off the new V4SV and I think it's quite a looker. It's, um, I'm not really that partial to sports bikes these days, but I quite like the look of this thing. I think it looks gorgeous. I do
0: like anything with a Union Jack on it, and I see the wee tail fairing has a, a Union Jack. I'm, I'm a, Even though it's Indian, I'm a sucker for something British.
1: Yes, yes. Well, that's a Norton thing. I think a few years ago I had uh, the pleasure of doing a very cool photo shoot um, involving a Norton Commando, which was a special edition Norton they built um, and they built a limited number of them, I got to shoot the bike number two next to one of the Spitfires at Ardmore, and it was epic. But that bike also had the Union Jack on that little tail cone. Um, so the V4 SV, uh, if you don't already know, it's Norton's um, sort of Manx TT-inspired um, performance bike. It's got all of the goodies. So you have got a 1200cc V4 producing 185 horsepower, which, to be fair, that's not earth-shattering these days, but it's... Still more than most of us can handle. Um, it's got top notch Olin's TTX GP adjustable shock, uh, Olin's uh, forks up front. Um, overall, it's a really good bike, uh, really great looking bike, sorry. Um, so, this is the first bike that we've seen photos of um, out of the reimagined Norton since TVS took over everything. Um, and they have a whole lot of other models. Um, there was for a while talk of sort of scrambler models and sort of modern classics. Um, they've sort of quietly been kept under covers, but this is the first look of the new Norton, and um, it looks pretty darn good. Brembo brakes, Olin suspension, as I said, very stunning design language. Um, if you want to see the photos, jump on. On throttle.co.nz or moto.nz.com. I believe you've got the story up there as well, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, we're sharing a bit of your news across the uh, moto.nz.com website. Uh, there, Matt, thanks very much for that. But of course, we'll um, we'll link everything back to your website as well. Yes.
1: So um, no, that's it's a nice bit of good news after a bit of doom and gloom there in the news session.
0: Um, can we do one more? Can we do another new bike? Can we do a Ducati Multistrada
1: V4 Pikes Peak Edition? Yeah, why not? That's a rather rather um, exciting bike. Do you want to take the lead on that one?
0: Ducati uh, announced the sportiest Multistrada to date in the form of the new Multistrada V4 Pikes Peak, set to arrive in dealers between April and June 2022. Ducati says the Multistrada V4 Pikes Peak takes centre stage for a public of passionate enthusiasts not Not only as the sportiest Multistrada ever, but also as the most powerful model in the segment. Thanks to 170 horsepower,s 125 newton meters of torques, Um, the Gran Turismo V4 engine is an absolute sonner. And and I've dubbed that bike the angry birds of (laughs)
1: of the motorcycle world because it kind of looks
0: like the, the angry red one.
1: It does actually now that you bring it up, it's got that sort of beat going on. Um, and, yeah, with, a, with the Pike's Peak, it, of course, gets 17-inch wheels front and back you know, for a bit more dexterity. Um, they've revised the ergonomics. Those wheels are actually um, lightweight forged aluminium. Um, and, yeah, it's it's quite cool. It gets some bling bits as well as um, a race riding mode, which is a first for multi Multistrada models. Did you see the price, though, Ray? Um, I think this might be a bit out of your price price range, despite your uh, love of the Angry Bird. Eye-watering
0: recommended retail price of forty-six thousand four hundred and ninety-five dollars. Plus on roads,
1: yeah, but you get a lot of um hoonage
0: for your money there. That's more expensive than the Harley Davidson Pan America, yes. But it's also got oh,
1: trying to do mental math
0: here 20, but it's also got Pike's Peak, got Pike in Peak in the name, in the name 20 <laughs> more
1: horsepower, two extra cylinders, and it's Italian, so it's red and racy and cool. Um, but it sounds fantastic, quite cool. I think personally, um, if I'm gonna buy a multi, I might go for the new V2S, um, just a little bit more tame, a little bit more low key um, because yeah pikes pikes peak it's a bit bit anal, bit insane. Is is this bike an adventure bike? I'd call it a sports tourer, I think.
0: <laughs> oh you would? So it's not it's not made to go off road because I mean I noticed the 17 the, the inch front and rear and generally it would be a 1719 or 1721 for something with some adventure you know off-road chops. And I know that wheel size isn't indicative, but I just you know bigger wheels roll over things easier, right?
1: Yeah, it, it might be a bit of a handful on a gravel road, but then again, um, same size wheels. And um, that's how f- flat trackers roll. Um, they run on 19s typically, but um,
0: yeah. I, but they're also not going around the corners
1: straight, are they? No, um, but hey, like it's it's named for the Pikes Peak International Hill Hill Climb, and um, that's all tar seal these days, despite it being um, famously grappled for quite some time.
0: Um, oh, is that? And you're also not allowed motorbikes on Pikes Peak anymore. Yes, well, not in competition. To
1: Ducati, <laughs> which I find very interesting that they're still going, um, bringing their name towards um, Pikes Peak and bringing that because, um, yes, it was a V uh, Ducati Street Fighter V4 that, um, yeah, caused the last, well, I don't know what, if, what the legalities are of it or anything, but the rider lost control of the Ducati um Street Fighter V4, just about 100 metres from the finish line at the very top of the mountain. Nobody knows really why. Um, And that incident is what made the organisers sort of take a second look at bikes going up the mountain, and then they decide, you know, it's a bit too risky. So it's very interesting, very brave of Ducati to um, bring out this multi-strider Pikes Peak, I reckon.
0: Talking about interesting and brave moves by Ducati, Ducati's electric bikes are going to be made for Moto E. Yeah, that's
1: kind of a nice segue to start off with. But um, yeah. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I'll take that. A nice segue. I finally got a nice segue. <laughs>
1: uh, which one of us is the professional broadcaster here, right? Eh? Um, but um, now starting from 2023, Ducati is set to take over from um, Enerjica. Um, they're the guys that made the Enerjica Evo um, Ego electric bike over in europe but we haven't seen those like many electric motorcycles make their way to new zealand Um, as official releases i believe there's one rolling around um with a very big strong uh, proponent of motorcycle electric bikes um but yeah 2023 season moto e will be all ducatis um and we have no real clue on specs or what the bike's going to look like proper we've got a render up on the websites But that's really it. Do you think Um, maybe... Ducati has no current bikes that are electric. Do
0: you think maybe the dudes at Ducati are like, okay, do anything to get the signature on the paper and we'll deal with it afterwards. Okay, we got the signature. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Right. We better fucking make an electric Ducati then. Shit. Um, Do you want to call the guys at Ryobi, maybe get a few drill batteries and stuff?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I've heard... I'm sure Ducati, like almost every manufacturer now, has seen the writing on the wall. Like There's legislation in the EU and the UK and other places basically phasing out internal combustion engines. So surely they've already been looking at this. But then they are Italian. So I reckon, yes, they could have done a bit of the old, well, we have all these great ideas. Um, Yeah, let's... um, just get you, sign here. Thanks. All right, cool. Now, done deal. That, yeah. Oh, sh- shiny life away. <laughs> uh, and, and
0: then we'll uh, we'll work on the details later. Yeah. Oh, crap on a cross. He actually signed. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. So it's, hey, it's going to be. Sorry, that was
1: terrible. Yeah, it was. It sounded a little bit more like, um, Apu from The Simpsons and an Italian. Yeah. Thank you. Please come again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So they've said a lot of, um, interesting things. Um, Ducati CEO Claudio Domenicali has said, lightness has always been in Ducati's DNA and thanks to technology and chemistry of the batteries that are evolving rapidly, we are convinced that we can obtain an excellent result. So um, I suppose we'll find out next year um, what this render is actually going to turn into and what if Ducati taking over the reins from Energica, which let's face it, not a lot of people have heard of, if a big name like Ducati is taking over Formula E. If, is that going to make Formula E actually something that people are going to tune in to watch? Watch this space. For
0: more information, go to onthrottle.co.nz. Matt, time is marching on. We've got one more story to cover, and this one has stirred up the uh, the 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 angries amongst social media. But um, you, you've got it titled here. You've got it titled Royal Enfield Himalayans to cross Antarctica. Yeah,
1: I think, I don't know why it stirred up the angries. Um, Maybe it's just because they think... Well, you you tell us about the story and then
0: I'll tell you about what social media's got to say. Alrighty, okay.
1: So this year, Royal Enfield turns 120 years old. It's their 120th birthday. They're looking pretty good for that age. Um, And to celebrate, they've decided to send their most versatile bike to possibly the worst place in the world to ride a motorcycle. Um, They're going to Antarctica and they are aiming to reach the South Pole on two wheels. Well, four wheels, there's two Himalayans that are gonna go and do this trick. Um, they've been modified slightly. They've got um, revised gearing. So they've gone to a 13 tooth front sprocket um, compared to a 15 tooth sprocket at the front. The wheels have been um, modified to be tubeless, They're using studded tires, and they've um, quite nicely for the rider's sake, up, um, upgraded the alternator to allow the riders to run heated clothing without putting too much demand on the battery. Um, They're calling this trip... Which I think you might need. Yeah, well, yeah. I'd like to go to Antarctica. Would I like to ride a motorcycle there? No. Um, The expedition um, by Royal Enfield is called 90 Degrees South, Quest for the Pole, um, which is what the marketing team must have decided. That sounds like a really epic adventure. Let's call it that. Um, Starting from Cape Town in South Africa uh, later this month, the 26th of November, the expedition will see two Royal Enfield employees... Uh, Santosh Vijay Kumar and Dean Coxon, um, attempting to reach the geographic south pole um, from the Ross Ice Shelf via the Leverett Glacier uh, to the Amundsen, um, Amundsen Scott Pole Station. Um, so a bit of a, a long blur there, um, but essentially these bikes are going to cross the um, Antarctic Um, They're going to have support trucks, so if you hate Long Way Around and the fact that they use support vehicles, sorry, you're going to hate this too because these guys are going to be supported by Arctic Trucks, um, which is a tour operator with um, a deep experience in the field, Um, and they've been driving around the Antarctic for quite some time. So you kind of want someone with four wheels to be able to help you out if you happen to, I don't know, fall into a crevasse um, on your Himalayan. Um,
0: the route- tell you what, the photos you've got up at onthrottle.co.nz, um, it, 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 I don't even know, I, I assume they're not in Antarctica, these photos, because they're, no, they're, they're riding some- the Himalayans through snow. Yeah, they're
1: um, testing them out at um, or in the Northern Hemisphere, which I'm guessing Northern Hemisphere um, ice and snow is the same as Southern Hemisphere ice and snow um but yes well if you've
0: ever been to christchurch and been to the antarctic center you will have seen the old haglin ride the uh the funny little tractor thing with a trailer and the trailer and the tractor are both powered independently they've got big snow you know big tractor uh what do they call them tracks like a like an excavator and um they they Kind of struggle when it gets really deep and out towards the South Pole. So I don't actually know how well the uh, the old Himalayan's going to go. But then I saw the photo of the Himalayan in in your story here riding along in, in a massive truck's uh, uh, wheel wheel prints. You know, uh, and it you know makes a bit of
1: sense then, doesn't it? Like oh, they're not going to be ploughing through unridden um, terrain. Um, it is basically a highway down there, from what I understand. But still, no motorcycles gotten into the South Pole as far as I'm aware, which would be a very cool first for Royal Enfield to uh, get on their 120th birthday year. Um, but you're saying there's a lot of hate online about this.
0: Well there's very very mixed um, comments on social media. So some people are saying yes the last bastion of untouchedness and pureness in the in the world and we're going to send a couple of dirty motorcycles to it. Um, <laughs> but then on the other side of the coin like uh, it's not like no vehicle has ever been there. I mean we sent I can't remember was it was it um Old Edmund Hillary and a couple of dirty old Massey Ferguson's leaking oil all the way. Uh, I'm pretty sure he went to the South Pole and a couple of Massey Ferguson's with homemade um, tracks you know the things that as i said before (laughs) what do they actually call them caterpillars or something caterpillar tracks yeah those things so they made some (laughs) to go on the on the wheels of the old ferguson i don't know how it steered but um they drove them to the south pole i'm pretty sure again if you look up the uh Antarctic center in Christchurch you'll probably find i'm talking a load of crap but i was only there a few months ago um so yeah mixed mixed uh mixed comments on social media i mean the other side of the coin is people like me going hell yeah i want to do that during summer
1: preferably but i'm keen (laughs) yeah well i was talking to uh, ben wilkins the editor of qb writer magazine about this and um, we both resoundedly said no thank you Uh, we would rather go riding somewhere else (laughs) Um, just i can't imagine i imagine there would be a lot of slipping over a lot of falling over and Falling over in snow and ice is not as forgiving as falling over at the beach. So I'd rather go ride 90 mile beach. Thank you very much.
0: It's a bit like that old Top Gear episode where the trio made their way to the North Pole. Two of them in um, Hilux, uh, utes, uh, heavily modified, of course, and one on a uh, a dog sled. And um, they made it seem very, not very nice.
1: Yeah. um, And I don't know what, like, I can see being like going, yes, I've done this. Um, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of appeal like the scenery it's everything's white. Um, There's variations of white. <laughs> um, yes, it's, a, it's an interesting thing but hey like all power to Royal Enfield um, going to be the first to do this with motorcycles.' be very interesting to see um, if they have to keep them running at all times um, so that the engines don't ice up. Um, be pretty good antifreeze to make sure that they don't uh, ice up their radiator. Oh wait no, they don't have a radiator. the air (laughs) called. Right. So uh, I was wondering where you were going with that one. Sorry. That was my mind wandering. Um, it's, starting to get dark here i'm sitting in a dark room and i'm starting to get a little bit loopy i think
0: well i'll tell you what if i had that opportunity i'd be in i'd be doing that 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 sounds like an awesome experience and that is where we're gonna wrap up the podcast for this week uh thank you matt for joining us it's been great catching up on all that news and we'll endeavor to keep our listeners updated from here till christmas we we haven't got many weeks to go we've got like six weeks to christmas i don't know a handful of episodes between now and Christmas, uh, and then um, that's pretty much us for the year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a bit scary how fast this year's gone, to be fair, right? It seems like only yesterday we were doing the 42 Traverse, and then we were doing our, our Molesworth trip, and now have gone and attempted to do the Molesworth again. Um, and yeah, this year's just gone. What happened? It was
0: – so – it was about two, three months ago, I was riding along on the, on the commute, coming back from work, and went, you know what, I want to go and do the Milesworth again. <laughs> and that kind of, like, that, that, that whole adventure stemmed from that, and I didn't even get to the gates.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but hey, it was an adventure, you were on two adventure bikes and you had an adventure. Uh, which is more yeah, than did. I can say for what I've been doing. Though I do have a tent. Now. It, I might go motor camping in my backyard. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, it gave me a great opportunity
0: to test out a lot of uh, gear and motorbikes. Uh, and so we're going to, we, um, we don't have many weeks till Christmas, but we're going to have a jam packed. Uh, season through to the end of 2021. Uh, we're going to touch on uh, the Cardo Pack Talk Bold once again. Uh, going to give you an update on the one ton Apex adventure riding gear. Uh, the Scott Oiler X-System 2.0 gets another touch, another uh, another uh, story, another uh, reboot. Um, Matt, on the website right now, you've got a review of the DJI Osmo Action Cam and uh, how to do a moto vlog setup. Um, we're going to do some, uh, a story on Beeline navigation, uh, touch on some Ventura Evo luggage once again. What else have we got out there? Uh, oh, there's one more here. The Krieger US 20 gets a story between now and the end of the year. And of course, I'm going to give you the full review on the, the, uh, Suzuki V-Strom 1050. All of that is coming up between now and the end of the year, guaranteed. If you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, podcast at nz. Check out the websites, motonz.com and onthrottle.co.nz. Also, the magazine comes out twice a month. If you subscribe to that, we'll make sure that magazine pops up in your inbox absolutely free. Go to nz for the latest magazine and, of course, the entire back catalogue. Uh, and it's it it's, doesn't cost you a cent. Get in there. A lot of good content coming out, coming at you. Uh,
1: I've been Ray. I've been Matt. Get your upside
0: down. Throttle on. Thank you very much matt for joining us we'll catch you in seven days time